I said, is that not appealing enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at it. Don't. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. With me, as always, are the co-hosts that carry the show. Lady Wan, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hello, everyone. And with us today is a fan favorite. Yeah. We love him. Kool-Aid via satellite. Kool-Aid, say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. I'm back. Yeah. All right. Are you a horror fan, Kool-Aid? Are you a horror aficionado? I wouldn't say that I'm an aficionado, but I do love horror films. The more violence, the more gore, the better. Oh, my God. God. No. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. Lady Wan, how do you feel about horror I films? I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. I'm All afraid right, so of everything. Lady Wan, when you were in the theater for this, how was that going for you? Oh, it was fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this, one, this one, not bad. No, the thing that scares me are really intense jump scares and really, really graphic violence and... <laughs> this violence was like PG-13, man. All right, well, in case you can't tell, the film that we are going to be fixing this week is, I almost said get out, and it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Jordan Peele's Us. Trailer. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. And we kill them. Okay, Us is Jordan Peele's second film that he has directed. Not the first one he's written. He co-wrote Keanu. No! <laughs> Classic <laughs> movie. The kitten movie. I want you to meet Keanu. What? No. No. <laughs> oh my god, that's the cutest guy I've ever seen in my life. Hello. I'm sorry, Keanu? Yeah, okay. I think it means cool breeze in Hawaiian. He uh, won an Academy Award for writing Get Out, which came out two years ago. Here is his sophomore effort, and it is a smash hit. Us is starring Lupita Nyong'o as Adelaide Wilson slash Red, Winston Duke as Gabe Wilson slash Abraham, 
Elizabeth Moss as Kitty Tyler slash Dahlia, Tim Heidecker as Josh Tyler slash Tex, Shahadi Wright-Joseph as Zora Wilson slash Umbre, and Evan Alex as Jason Wilson slash Pluto. And also the twins who played Baby Emma as those terrible white twins from Friends. <laughs> from Friends? Wait. Yeah, that's Baby what? Emma. Yes. Ross and Rachel's baby. Yeah. Those girls <laughs> played and- Emma. Ross and Rachel's baby. Okay. That makes them even whiter that they were yes. friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I've never seen more than five episodes of Friends, probably. I just recently rewatched the whole series. <laughs> uh, I, saw the, I saw the episode with Gabrielle Union, and I think that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And uh, Lady Wan, watching the whole series, <laughs> has solidified herself as the whitest person on this show. It's, it's an honor. so watching horror movies growing up kool-aid is it true did the black man always die first you know you know growing up there wasn't a lot of black folk in horror movies so i mean i think that was one of the reasons why i kind of like i don't know i figured if i was in a horror movie i wasn't going out like that it probably wouldn't be a horror movie (laughs) because as soon as you hear that I'm just like, that's it. I'm leaving. I'm burning the whole house down. I'm, I'm moving across the country. That's it. I'm not opening the door. Are you one of those horror film watchers that were like, what are these stupid white people doing? Yes. <laughs> and nobody ever has a weapon, which blows no. my mind. Like, you're, you're getting up like, oh, what's that sound? Do, 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 do. It's a knife from Jason. It's now in your chest. It's like, how did this happen? <laughs> okay, so a film like this centering on just a this has to be the first horror film centering on a middle-class black family how did you feel about that it was good that the way that they the way that they showed that too it wasn't there's no real stereotypes they showed a different world it's funny it was one of those great shows back then about (laughs) about black kids in college you know just a different dynamic and he was wearing that shirt that said howard my uncle actually went to howard so it was really cool how they showed you know Black middle class family. Winston's wearing a Howard shirt uh, throughout the film. Uh, we we just assume he went to college there. I would assume so. And I'm wondering how much of that story you build in with Winston. Do you say Winston, you went to school here? What is the uh, importance of him going to Howard for you? You know, I w- when you put a, a black family in 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 the center of a horror movie like this, which is you know fairly uncharted territory, you know every little choice uh, you make. Um, matters and and this you know i was re- I, I think there was something iconic about the, the the putting him in this howard shirt because we've never seen it mm. we've never seen that shirt on a uh, the the lead of a horror movie we haven't seen that shirt in, in any movie i don't i don't think mm. so you know there there are all these little micro choices that uh, i think are a big deal in terms of representation he's buying a boat they're out on vacation <laughs> on the water, swimming. I mean, that's crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Blowing all the stereotypes out of the water. No, it was really cool. What are, What was your initial thoughts after walking out of the theater, Lady Wan? Well, as soon as the lights went up, I just kind of looked around and I was like, that didn't make sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Lady Wan was like, nope. And I'm like, okay, cool. Kool-Aid, when, you, when the lights came up, what was your first thought? I was kind of like Lady Wan. I was I was kind of confused. I mean, I knew what happened, but right. then I was also thinking, I need to watch this again. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot going on in there. It's like drinking through a fire hose. 
now that I'm out of the film and I'm starting to really think about what was just fire hosed into my mouth, like, <laughs> like Kool-Aid just said, I'm like, this movie's starting to break down now for me a little bit. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. So it seems like we liked it, but mm-hmm. it definitely has its issues for us. How about... The real critics, because we're fake as hell. (laughs) (laughs) My opinions are so important. What are you talking about? Uh, What did the real critics think of this? Why don't you give us Lady One's Fresh Hot Stats? So this movie is certified 94% fresh. Holy baloney. From those smart critics, with 71% of audiences liking it. That's a big difference, though, right? 20% difference? Yeah. I feel like that happens sometimes, though. I felt like it was, at one point, I felt like the movie might be too artsy. Yeah. For me. So yeah. maybe that's. Just... I've read a lot of articles and, like, seen, like, message boards and stuff. And it, it seems pretty, as far as the people who are commenting, it seems pretty solidly divided between this was amazing and this didn't make any sense. I think anybody who didn't like it, it's like plot hole based, not not anything about performances right. or direction no or, way. or anything like that. Like it's I mean, objectively, I would say like it's a fantastic movie if you're just looking at it. Just, you know, maybe I guess don't think too hard. So anyway, regardless of what we think and what snotty critics think, what did audiences think? Did they put five on it? <laughs> oh, my God. I wish- Who are we kidding? It was more like 15. On yeah. it. I saw the shit in IMAX. Me, too. <laughs> All right. Well, this movie opened at number one for the weekend. It made over $70 million in the U.S. Holy. Plus another $17 million overseas. So it's up around $88 million right now. The production budget was only 20 So uh, that's a oh huge hit, God. man. This is the second biggest opening weekend of the year behind Captain Marvel, and it's the highest U.S. opening of all time for a film led by a black woman ever, like all time. It beat one of my personal favorites, Alien vs. Predator, which was starring the fantastic (laughs) Sonali which made $38 million in its opening weekend, but that was back in 2004. AVP. Love AVP. It's also the third highest horror film opening Wakanda forever. Wow. (laughs) Well, for comparison, it doubled the debut uh, box office weekend for Get Out, which opened at number one when it opened as well. That was February 2017. It made $33 million, but that movie only cost $4.5 million to make, and it grossed $255 million worldwide. So we'll see kind of which one ends up being more successful. I'm going to expect it to be us because I would argue that Lupita Nyong'o is a bigger star than anyone in Get Out. Like, apologies to any Catherine Keener stands, but um, this, I think she makes the difference here. Yeah. Academy Award winner, yes. Lupita Nyong'o. She won uh, an Academy Award for her first film, by the way. Yeah, that's crazy. So before we just start fixing and all that stuff, I'm going to give you a quick plot summary, very quick, so we can get into these fixes. Here we go. This is from imdb.com. In order to get away from their busy lives, the Wilson family takes a vacation to Santa Cruz, California, with the plan of spending time with their friends, the Tyler family. On a day at the beach, their young son Jason almost wanders off, causing his mother Adelaide to become protective of her family. That night, four mysterious people break into Adelaide's childhood home where they're staying. I thought I already done told y'all to get off my property, okay? So if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Now the cops are already on their way. Hey, hey! Hey! 
Hey! Hey! Hey! The family is shocked to find out that the intruders look like them, only with grotesque appearances. Ooh. And then basically everything else in this movie is a spoiler. Yeah. So before we just start fixing, we're not here to be rude or mean Mm-mm. or terrible. No. I used to work in Hollywood. Ooh. I know how many people it takes to make a movie. Ooh. I saw the movie sets. I was a, a nobody peon. <laughs> I once worked on a movie and I was so useless to the overall production that they had no pole to attach some caution tape to. And they had me stand there in place of a pole. <laughs> and they taped the caution tape to me. Well, it sounds like on that day you were very important. <laughs> it was at that moment I knew that I was not going to be the next Spielberg. That's making it big out there. <laughs> okay, what is something that you liked about this movie, Lady Wan? Go. Winston Duke. I loved him. He was so funny. I love his dad jokes and mannerisms. I did kind of feel like he was ooh, just kind of channeling Jordan Peele. Like, it very much felt wow. like a Jordan Peele character, <laughs> but I was not upset about that. I thought he was great. He made me laugh so much. Um, I, uh, I loved him. So, I can't wait for him uh, to do more. So you imagine in Jordan Peele's life, he's just walking around making dad jokes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I thought he was awesome. Especially now, because he's got a little baby. Kool-Aid, what's something you liked about this movie? So I loved all the Easter eggs that, that Jordan Peele. Oh. Like planted throughout the movie. It and is I didn't loaded. And and I didn't notice any Ooh. of these things until you know I watched some breakdowns afterwards. But yep. I mean, let's just say eleven eleven comes up a lot. And it was like a prelude. Every time you would see eleven eleven, it yeah. wasn't like the scary music, you know, that like the music stops, you know, somebody's gonna pop out. You see the eleven eleven, you knew all shit was about all hell was about to break loose. Yeah, and that comes from Jeremiah eleven eleven. Uh, hold on, I have a special guest here to read that for you. Uh, <laughs> it is my tethered. Hold on. And his name is the Reverend. Hold on. Allow me to read to you Sanners a little Bible verse that's very important to me and my missus and my children. It is Jeremiah 11, 11. And this is what the Lord handed down to us. Ready? Here we go. I'm going to read it right now. Therefore, they saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. <laughs> now come here, JC. I'm here to kill you. <laughs> oh, it's wrecking this gun for you, JC. Ah! <laughs> Go back! Go back to the amusement park! Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm back, and, uh, yeah, Jeremiah 1111. Is, uh, any other pieces of, uh, Easter egg symbolism that you, uh, enjoyed about that one, uh, Kool-Aid? Oh, the rabbits. Jordan Peele actually talked about the rabbits and what those meant to him. Roll that clip. You know what? Rabbits, they're supposed to be cute. On paper, they're adorable, lovable animals. Have you ever gotten close to a rabbit? That thing, no, let me tell you. I don't understand this fear of rabbits. I think it's cute. Rabbits, they, you can tell in their eyes, they have the brain of, of like a sociopath. If you put a rabbit brain in a human body, you, you have Michael Myers, the killer. They're 
no empathy. I'm afraid of butterflies, so I guess we all have something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's symbolism there, but also he's just kind of thinks rabbits are freaky as fuck. Really? That was a, I didn't even look at it like that. I think rabbits are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> what is it you like about <laughs> what is it you like cool. about rabbits, Kool Aid? Well, they're fluffy and they're cute. They don't really make noises. And then the sex. Oh, the sex. That's definitely the That's sex. That's what you like about them rabbits, huh? Mm-hmm. Bring that fluffy tail around here. Oh. I'm gonna give you that carrot tonight. Oh. Alright, so. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so the rabbits, so the whole concept of like the 1111 is the, mm-hmm. the yeah. twins or the clones, you know, that concept. Um, you see it on like the black flags. Yeah. And it kind of looks like there's an 1111, the clocks that you're talking about. Uh, even the scissors, like the scissors are, if you break a scissor mm-hmm. in half, they're identical shaped on each side. I mean, there was just, it, it kept going deeper and deeper. So with the rabbits, rabbits were like the first animal to be mm-hmm. cloned. The rabbits are a heavily experimented on animal as well. Uh, anybody want to know what I liked? Hey, what'd you like, JC? Oh, so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Why do, I, why do I always seem surprised? Oh, I always act you, surprised. You act so surprised even though literally every time you have demanded to be asked. Yeah, like... You're like, ask me now. Oh, hey, you know, I hadn't thought about it. I don't have this written on anything in front of me. Whatever. And so, um, no. I think it goes without saying that Lupita Nyong'o is the MVP of this shit. She is amazing. I hope she's not this year's Tony Collette who was downright robbed of an Oscar nomination for Hereditary last year. Mm. I hope, even though she's in a horror movie, that Lupi Nyong'o is recognized for how amazing her performance is in this. But on top of that, I just really like that Jordan Peele is continuing to put the pedal down on asking America to look themselves in the mirror. Mm. He may not have stuck the landing with this one, Mm. but I appreciate what he's trying to do a lot like with the twilight zone series that he is producing right now i think that show also is going to be a you know look in the mirror moment for society current society and i think that he's doing size Sterling proud because size would load his episodes with politics issues of the day and asking us all to not run away from these things but face these things so i really enjoy that about what he's doing right now he makes you think all right, well, let's stop jiggling his balls. We need to fix <laughs> this movie. Jordan Peele, you did a great job, but you know what? There's some fixes to be had here. What do you say we fix this movie? What do you yeah. think? It's going to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Lady One, why don't you lay on us your first fix so my first fix involves the um essentially the entire speech that red gives at the chalkboard Mm. um towards the end yes we're we're in the end adelaide is downstairs she's going back to get her son and red is basically doing like kind of like the cliche like super villain thing where she's like here's why i did what i did and here's how the whole thing worked and here's here's what's up so I have a problem with a a good portion of her speech. So I was pretty sure I knew what the twist was 
earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And because I had already had that thought and I was pretty sure of myself, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the shadow person. They, they swapped back then. I'm pretty sure. And then she starts giving this speech. And so I'm listening already mm-hmm. of the mindset that that's the shadow person is Adelaide. And like, I've, I've got it. Like, I really think I've got it. So I'm listening. And she says to her, like, how how nice it must have been to be raised in the sun. And I'm like, yeah, I get it because she was for a while and then she wasn't. But yeah. she says to her, you could have taken me with you. And I was like, wait, what? Hold up. That doesn't make any sense. And in that moment, I go, oh, I must be completely wrong. Like, I have misread this movie. Like, oh, I, I went down, like, no pun intended, a rabbit hole that, like, I wasn't supposed to be on because she keeps saying so many things in this speech that don't make sense once they reveal later that they are the switched people. So when she is saying, you could have taken me with you, that doesn't make sense because she was from above. She was the one who was dragged down and chained to the bed and then left. That line is completely wrong. When she shows that essentially she led the kind of rebellion of the clones because of that tethered dance, that's why she was special and that's why they realize we can listen to her. None of that makes sense once they're the switched people. She should have led the revolution from below because she was from above she shouldn't have said you could take me with you so basically i want to cut this whole speech i want to cut that scene like it's scary enough that she just won't look at her and she's cutting up her little paper chain people like just let it be scary and stop answering questions about how they got here or what's going on or how long they've been down there when truly once you start providing more answers like that it makes even less sense yeah, more plot holes. Yeah, if they, if she was able to lead because they saw her dancing, if everyone's kind of tethered to someone above, aren't mm-hmm. they all doing all kinds of interesting things? Yeah. Like emulating the people above? Yeah, of course. That's not enough of a reason to lead an uprising of an entire army of mole people. Like, it just doesn't, it's not <laughs> enough. Like, she should have been leading that because... She was raised on the surface, and that's why she's the only one who can talk, and they all just make, like, weird grunting noises. Like, she was raised above, so she has all these advantages, and that's why she should be down there going, no, this life isn't worth settling for. We have to go up there and take it back. Like, we have to go. Like, that's the reason why she leads it, not because she's ballet dancing in, like, a weird subway. No. Also, let's just go ahead and say this. The carnival door was open. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. yeah. She could have walked out. I mean, the door's just open. You're just, yeah. That's it? Okay. Yeah. Like, no uh, janitor ever went in there or any other random high schoolers trying to get busy went in there and just fell through the door? Nope. Mm-mm. Right? Went down like a working escalator. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, there's, there's an escalator that goes, where did this go? <laughs> Why are these people eating rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> Man, they they Why? really need to pay carnies <laughs> Special guest cool it what give us your first fix. So my first fix has to do with Jason. Okay. Uh, and and some of the comments that Jason was a shadow as well. Uh, like he was replaced at one point, maybe the summer before. You know, he'd wandered off and his shadow clone had come and replaced him the same way. Like, so Red Mm -hmm. sent her son up to replace him. Oh. And then she's like basically a sleeper cell. So 
I think that they should have made that more apparent. It would have made it a little bit darker. It would have made it a little bit scarier. So all those looks that he was given Addie, Adelaide, yeah. like those are looks like I understand exactly what you're going through. I I know that you're fake. Um, and then it would have made it even better if they had to kill him because they realized that he was a sleeper cell. So the family didn't come out of yeah. this like, unscathed. They had to come out with, you know, the death of one of their own family members on their hands. Like that actually makes more sense now how Jason lured, like controlled. Yeah, the other he like Jason walked him walk back into the fire. I like this theory. Yeah. I want this to be true. Well, they're both like half shadow people. They yeah. are because they're born of a shadow person and oh, a light shit. person. Yeah. So maybe they have, maybe they're like super powered or something. I like this. I actually, when I was watching it, I thought because like he was playing with the little like spark magic trick, I thought at some point that that little boy was going to get like horribly burned and they weren't going to know which one was which and they were going to end up with the shadow person at the end because they couldn't tell them apart. That's cool too. Yeah. Oh. It would be great. Right? It's like some sort of cosmic karma for her stealing mm -hmm. Red's place in the first place. Oh, I like this so much better. There yeah. are some missed opportunities with Jason, huh? Yes. Yeah. That would have made it really dark though. Yeah. But I like Should have done that. Man, horror movies and Jasons, man. Another homage, right? That's right, because he's wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. JC, what's your first fix? Me? You want mine? I don't want the Reverend, so yeah. No, Re I killed Reverend, so... <laughs> he only injured me. Oh <laughs> shit! Hold on. Get He's him! Back. He's not dead. Oh, get him! Ow. Finish him off. Ow. I will be reborn. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Oh boy. Sorry. Um, my first fix. So much here to cover. <clears throat> I'll do my best to keep it brief. Did we need to know explicitly that the doppelgangers were created as a way to control surface dwellers? I'm not mm -hmm. sure. Also, if they're supposed to be a form of control, I don't think we ever see that control that the doppelgangers are supposed to be able to exert over their surface counterparts. Mm -hmm. In fact, all we ever see is Jason controlling his Pluto. shadow. Yeah, controlling Pluto. So that's the opposite of what they were made to do right so supposedly the government or whoever this is uh couldn't really replicate people red mentions not being able to give them a separate soul so yeah. they walk around like zombies miming whatever their counterparts are doing on the surface so if the experiment never worked why are there millions of these things? Yeah. Also, if the experiment never worked, why would these things even still be alive? Wouldn't the government or whatever nefarious shadow society is overseeing this, the Red Alchemist Society, anyone? Get out connection. Mm. I see what you did there. <laughs> but anyway, whatever entity made these things, wouldn't they just kill them when it was apparent that they weren't working? Right. Like they would just let millions of these, the millions of these things live. So I have a solution to this. Okay, fix it. Now, usually I claim that I'm going to change this whole movie. But I'm in an effort to not change the whole movie, I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and try to stick with what Jordan Peele was trying to do here. Okay. So, 
okay, Mr. Peel, you want these things alive and emulating a family, and you need a connection. You need them to be experiments that are still alive, and you're trying to make some kind of connection to America and the haves and have-nots and make an American society parable. Okay. Mm-hmm. But to not send our heads reeling into a rabbit hole, I used yours. <laughs> ah, we should each use this in each one. Um, <laughs> instead of sending our heads into a rabbit hole of how illogical all of this is, mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to fix it. Make Red and Abraham parts of experiment one, which doesn't work. The kids are part of a s- experiment two, which kind of works. But the top side still has control. For example, Jason. The third experiment works, and it's all babies. They're not threats yet, but they're about to be. Okay? So Red is part of failed experiment number one, and she wants her other experiment ones and twos out of the ground and replacing their doppelgangers. She'll then use her topsiders, you know, after they get up top, to call attention in hand, in a hands across America type, pay, uh, draw attention to homelessness and hunger awareness campaign, then gain the platform to alert topside people that they are under the threat of control from the underground and that they have oppressed clones down there in the forms of babies. They can help free the clones, but they can hide in plain sight because there's no place for them in this new world when they discover clones down there Mm -hmm. the way hands across america is in the movie as it stands doesn't make any sense what are they bringing attention to exactly the fact that uh america is now a murderous clone country that makes no sense yeah that's gonna go over just fine with the rest of the world (laughs) no i think this is a better way to solve all of these problems of these experiments and why if they don't work why are they still down there yeah i like it i mean it's been over 30 years that they've been down there what what are we doing this doesn't make sense anymore the first wave of doppels should be small and they didn't work the second wave maybe a little bit bigger because they were kind of working but the third should be massive instead of get out it should be pull out Lady Wan, what's your next fix? All right. While I do not like horror movies, I do respect one thing that tends to be true about most of them, which is they like to have rules. Like, whether it's stated explicitly or it's just sort of understood throughout the course of dealing with this evil force, like, you tend to figure out, like, okay, well, this is what we have to do. This is how it works. So based on the line in the trailer where she says they won't stop until they kill us or we kill them. I go into this movie knowing that line very well. I've seen the trailer a million times. So once they show up at the house, the family of four is there. They each break off. Red is talking to Adelaide, making her really, really freaked out. Pluto takes Jason in the closet. Umbre goes and takes off after Zora. Abraham drags Gabe out the back door. Like, I feel like I understand the rule here. Like, these are one-on-one fights. Your doppelganger is going to try and kill you. And if you kill your doppelganger, you are safe. Like, that's what I thought the rule was going to be. And I get that. And that makes sense because they're trying to take your place in the world. Yeah, because they look just like you. Right. So nobody would know the difference. I mean, they probably maybe would. But within the context of this movie, when we first see this happen, we only see four people. 
And so realistically, they could take over the lives of this family. But then <laughs> the shadow daughter just straight up scissor murders that guy in the street after he yells yeah, at her for like, standing Get on his off car. My car. Right. Yeah. And then just all hell breaks loose in the white family's house. And clearly, the that is not the rule. Like, those are just, everyone in a red jumpsuit is just out to stab everyone. And, and that's it. They're just straight up killers, but not necessarily in the most efficient way. Like, sometimes they'll take their time killing you. Sometimes they'll just, like, scissor you in the neck. I needed the rule. I needed to know, like, what the yeah. stakes are. I needed one-on-one -on -one fights because I want them... Like, it's it's what Jason says. He says, they're us. Like, and Adelaide says at one point, like, they know us. They know what we're going to do. Like, when they're trying to get away, she's like, they know us. They know how we think. You should have to know yourself and know your own weaknesses to defeat your doppelganger. Like, this needs yeah. to be about understanding yourself, and that's how you can beat them and win and be safe. If you take out your, your doppelganger, now you're safe. Like with the white family, the teenage girl should have taken out a phone and tried to selfie with her murderer <laughs> and the murderer would have stopped and like pulled a move and they, they could have busted her in the face. <laughs> or Elizabeth Moss's character, her doppel's weakness would have been like rosé. Had <laughs> drowned her doppel in a pool of rosé. Yeah. Yeah. They really should have kept the, the ties to the personality traits of the person as like how they're yeah. taking them out. And that's how you can defeat your doppelganger. I wanted that rule. You bring up a great point. It's like as soon as you felt like you had the rules of the movie straight mm -hmm. in your head, the movie would do something to wreck that. Yeah, completely. And you were like, wait, what? What? Oh, I don't get this anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. several you times know I mean? during like, the movie, I go, yes. I guess I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> because like in horror movies and in like science fiction movies, like you want to know the rules yes. of what's going on. To, to make sense of what you're seeing because it's outside of your everyday life. Yeah. Maybe that was his whole focus, just to keep it keep you on your toes, keep you guessing. He definitely kept me guessing. Kool-Aid, what's your next fix? Why did I say it like that? Hold on. Like a game show host. <laughs> Kool-Aid, what's your next fix? <laughs> you struggled so hard to do that. <laughs> So my next fix actually kind of it, it ties in loosely to Lady Wands in the the violence part. Ooh, you like so violence. Every time I come on this show, I love <laughs> fight choreography and I want it to be better. I love the violence aspect of mm -hmm. horror, the horror genre. And you know, Lady Wand mentioned earlier that this was kind of like a PG thirteen yeah. yeah. horror, which it's cool. But mm -hmm. It was more psychological yeah. than anything. But I wanted more violence. <laughs> I always want more violence. So. My biggest thing, these shadows are just standing in the street, holding hands, and all they have are fucking scissors. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Right? Hey, come on. This is America. Shout out to Charles <laughs> Red Bone as well. But this is America. We have right? so many guns. So yeah. many guns. I, it's probably better that he did it yes. in California because exactly. there's not as many guns there. It's too many... That's too many oh, liberal nice snowflakes thing. there. There are major <laughs> gaps in yeah. this Hands Across America chain in like the red states. Like there is nobody holding hands there. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got at the end, you've right. got like helicopters over over the top of them. And they're just standing there holding hands after committing totally. mass murder and atrocities. Yeah. And I mean, okay, they might have run overrun like a smaller mm -hmm. police force in that area, in the Santa Cruz area. But <laughs> give me a fucking break. Like, <laughs> There should have been dead red bodies holding hands all across the street, all across. The so street. these doppelgangers show up at your house, Kool Aid. <laughs> what what happens? Uh oh. 
I have, machete. I have two machetes. Yeah. I actually have one by the oh. bedside because I don't Dude, own a pistol. Like yes. most people have like a baseball bat, a golf club. You are macheteing someone if they come inside. You know, because if you get stabbed, you're going to realize, you're going to be like, oh, shit. I'm <laughs> if you get hit with a baseball bat, you're going to be like, oh, that hurts. Stop hitting me. But you get stabbed one time, you'll be like, let me think about the error of my ways. What did I do? Oh, my goodness. That led me to the oh situation. Oh, my God. Do not fuck with Kool-Aid. So, and I, I want to get, <laughs> oh get up close and personal. Like, I'm going to be hiding behind the door. You know how, like, Michael Myers is always hiding something? No, that's me. I'm waiting for you, Michael Myers. <laughs> wow. So, anyway, that's my big fix. Is I think that they could have. I think the way that they handled it, I love yeah. the kill count part that yeah. Zora said. She's like, well, I my know, kill count I love is that line. Yours. When she said, when she was like, uh, I think she got her second kill. I was like, <laughs> kill streak. Like a video so, game. Kill streak. <laughs> it was really cool. So I, I like that too. I, I did like that aspect of, the, of how they, they really went after these guys. They didn't just like hide and hide and seek type of thing. It was, they went after them. Yeah. They went for blood. But the whole thing at the end where they're all holding hands, and there's just, there should have been more red yeah like when they're driving around santa cruz i was definitely looking like everybody on the street i was like is that a regular person or is that a jumpsuit like i had to like there's no way that they're the only people who killed the jumpsuits like there's no way yeah i was definitely looking for jumpsuit bodies in the street and we mentioned this same thing when it came to the movie quiet place yes where we said There's no way this movie takes place anywhere in the deep south no. because uh-uh. hillbillies would have killed all of these freaking things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Joe Bob. Like oh, a Bob. random Joe family shows up in your driveway. You, I'm sorry. No. Do you think they're coming in the front door? No. They are dead. <laughs> Billy Joe Bob has been waiting for this his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's yes. straight for it right now. <laughs> his Jeep says. Hey, JC, what's your fix? Wait, I said it like a game show. I'm going to say it like a man. Hey, JC, what's your fix? Let me tell you, bro. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my problems. This is a logistical problem, okay? And I know these are movies. We're supposed to suspend disbelief, and we're supposed to just Mm -hmm. go along with whatever, but logistically these doppelganger shadow people cause a ton of problems because of the sheer amount of them. Uh So the opening quote about tunnels does not cut it. It doesn't do anything. So to stretch from the Atlantic to the Pacific would take millions of people. In the actual Hands Across America uh, charity event, approximately 6.5 people held hands. Million? So... So there was like a oh. engine or something. 6.5 people. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, I mean a baby. Dwarf. 6.5 people. Five Stretch Armstrongs and a Peter Dinklage. <laughs> At the Hands Across America charity event, approximately 6.5 million people held hands to make the 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 chain the human chain Mm -hmm. across the united states so let's think about that they're trying to emulate hands across america we see helicopter footage of people holding hands across mountaintops so this they're obviously way out in the middle of nowhere which is where the actual hands across america had problems Mm. keeping the chain going 6.5 million shadow people that's 
insane. But the problem with that is that the film shows that not only are there shadow people, but they seem to be in an underground location underneath where their actual human above ground is. Like, there's that whole scene that just ruins everything. That scene where all the carnival goers are above mm-hmm. and just below, there's their exact shadow person who's eating rabbit and, like, uh, copying what's going on In above. the same groups, the same family, the same couples. These people are on vacation. Yeah. And their shadow people are below. You're telling me that these shadow people somehow stay below their actual above ground counterpart that's crazy to think about it's impossible it's logistically impossible i mean it was crowded enough in that little facility below santa cruz plus there'd be like poop and filth down there like there's also rabbits down there there'd be rabbit poop Um, yeah so literally in my final thought notes (laughs) so (laughs) imagine a place like new york city how are all those doppelgangers directly below their human counterparts? There are skyscrapers with thousands of people inside. I mean... Yeah, how does that work? They're just standing on top of each other. Oh, and apparently people in Florida don't have doppelgangers because the water table's too high. Yeah. So all of their doppelgangers would just be drowned underwater. Yeah, there's, there's nobody under Florida. But maybe Florida didn't get doppelgangers because they're already a lost cause. I, <laughs> I don't know. Also, think about how in the world they get the family members together underground. I hope Adelaide and Gabe are from the same town because how in the hell are their doppels getting together mm-hmm. underneath the ground and their kids? What are they going up and stealing DNA from every kid on earth the moment they're born? I mean, it, it's so crazy. As soon as they showed all those people underneath the ground in Santa Cruz that were exact shadow people of the people above at that carnival, a million plot holes opened up. So one of my fixes is do not show that at all. That should not be something you ever show. Just make her group a small first wave of doppelgangers. She's going up to take the place of her family. She's the pilot program, if you Mm -hmm. will. It it makes sense that she's first because she's a real person Mm -hmm. and she's the one leading the whole thing. Of course. If you need to show them, okay, Jordan Peele, (laughs) show them all in massive underground facilities together as like an end reveal. Camera pans underneath the ground and it's a massive room state-of-the-art room with just thousands of doppelgangers down there standing in place mimicking whatever someone is doing above wherever they are they all have their own like 10 by 10 space in the floor Mm -hmm. and they're all just down there mimicking someone above and that is way more creepy and strange even make some of them resemble uh political figures where are all their clothes coming from because they're wearing like almost the same outfit but slightly different well also the original adelaide is down there and she was wearing a thriller shirt that's why she's making them all wear one glove wow they're all my Michael Jackson's. Oh, so that's not creepy. <laughs> By itself. I'm She's... just looking at the man in the mirror. Ah! Oh! There it is. And no message could be better than scissors. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess without further ado, we should consider this movie. Screen Screen Fish. Do you have any final thought, Lady Wan? I do. I really think we've pointed out a lot of issues that this movie presents, like too many concrete details that don't add up when you like think about it for more than 30 seconds. 
But I think my main problem here is just, I don't think that sandals are the appropriate footwear for like a murderous <laughs> uprising. It was just so not practical. Like, <laughs> I just couldn't. That was really an issue for me. And that one girl sprinting after yeah. the, the other girl. There's no way that she's catching up in those in those, those sandals. sandals are ridiculous. Like the jumpsuits I get, like that's very utilitarian. Lots of pockets, like totally makes sense. It's red, so you won't really notice the blood. Perfect choice. The sandals, open toe when you're like carrying scissors around. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Kool-Aid, you got a final thought? I just want to say that Jordan Peele is, uh, he saved a lot of money by doing this whole having two people, shadow people, light people type of thing. <laughs> You don't even need that many extras because all your extras are the same people that you already casted. Right. So I was like, you know what? Good job, Jordan Pillow, on doing that. Save some money. Very efficient casting. So JC, what's your final thought? My final thought, I guess, is I thought it was interesting of Jordan Peele to just throw his influences so blatantly into every part of yeah. the movie. <laughs> like, like Jaws, right. the VHS tapes in the beginning of Chud. Mm-hmm and the Goonies, and the man with two brains. So it's like literally just being like, hello, audience, these are my influences for this film. (laughs) Which is very cool, though. How about some uh, uh, listener mail or listener comments? Do we have any this week, Lady One? We do have an email this week from Citizen Cam. Oh, Citizen Cam has written before. Yes, he has. So he just listened to our Captain Marvel episode, and uh, he had a couple comments for us here. So I'm going to start with my favorite part of his email. He says, Lady One is 100% correct with the (laughs) the anachronistic nature of the music. As the biggest Guns N' Roses band in North America, I appreciate the 1989 call out to the band. Their Nirvana stuff was lazy. So much good music fits in either of these timelines appropriately. And there's no excuse for messing it up if you're trying to play it real, which it seems like they were. Right. Mm -hmm. True. I I like this guy. (laughs) All right. Well, um, let's see how much longer you like him. So he says, however, I do disagree with the fix regarding Carol Danvers' attitude. It seems that... Oh, that's it seems that- <laughs> <laughs> It seems that female leads tend to fall into two categories, manic pixie dream girl or unrealistic G.I. Jane. I felt that the use of Carol to fill the Commedia dell'arte role of the fast-quipping comedian, a role almost exclusively held for men, was interesting and unique, even if it did not evolve through a character arc. Ah. Okay. First, I'll say that, hey, I appreciate all criticism of my fixes. <laughs> I do think that many manic pixie dream girls are not leads in films. They tend to be romantic interests in a male-centric film because manic pixie dream girls only exist through the male lens. Also, I, w- I also wanted her to be comedic in this film also. But I, again, I just wanted her to be comedic later because, again, they had been brainwashing her since they found her to be a weapon that they could harness. I totally wanted her to, f- to fulfill a comedic, quippy, uh, Tony Stark, Star-Lord type of character. So we kind of agree yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. Also, awesome comments. Thank you for yes, writing in. Thank you, Citizen Cam. Let me let me read one of the comments we got on Facebook, also about uh, our last episode, Captain Marvel. Kevin Thomas wrote, I would have dumped the whole flashback thing and just told her story in linear progression. That way, we could have found out who she is along with her. Otherwise, I loved it. And what's interesting is that was actually one of my fixes. Uh, I said that I would have just started the movie at her crash landing in the blockbuster. And I totally agree with you, Kevin Thomas. Awesome. Cool. So please write yeah. in, message us, 
We'll read it on here. Absolutely. Well, we'll we'll read some of them on here. <laughs> if they're like really terrible, we're just we won't. I but, mean, we'll read them to yeah. each other, internalize that critique, and like hate ourselves for it. So definitely write in. I say, if you're gonna make it mean, make it funny. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, please. Hate on Kool Aid. <laughs> no. You can reach us here by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at screenfixpod, or follow us on Instagram at screenfixpod. And that Facebook page is hopping now. Search for Screenfix Podcast, and we're talking about all the movies that we're fixing. You can also listen to the show on Spotify, Google Play, Libsyn, Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And we would love if you would give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. We need it. Uh, subscribe so you never it. miss an episode. And, you know, tell your friend what you're listening to when you're laughing at us. <laughs> yeah. We also have a Patreon account. You can donate to the show and help us out. This shit costs money, man. And let me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a lot of time. But also, we have these dreams, these stupid little dreams of opening a one screen theater one day, do the home of podcasting and film festivals and movie marathons and all kinds of fun stuff. Right, guys? Wouldn't that be it great? Would be the best. I'd love it. All right, why don't we leave everybody with Lady Juan? We're going to have you do Red's <laughs> quick Goonies quote reference and do your best Red crazy so, voice. Like, then, myself a little. Then we're going to have Kool Aid perform the, <laughs> the, the Goonies version. Line. The inspiration. Ready? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to sound like. Uh, okay. It, it's our time now. Our time up there. <laughs> That was, <laughs> that was good. No, it was good. It was really that good. That was amazing. <laughs> okay. So, Kool-Aid? Don't you realize? The next time you see the sky, it'll be over another town. The next time you take a test, it'll be in some other school. Our parents, they want the best of stuff for us. But right now, they got to do what's right for them. Because it's their time. Their time. Up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. And that's all over once we go up. Troy's, Troy's bucket. bucket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tune in next time when we will be fixing Shazam. Woo. Not the Shaq version. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kazam. Yeah. All right. Bye, bye. everybody. Bye. Go big or go home. Is that guy going to keep coming back? (laughs) (laughs) The Reverend? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm worried about him. (laughs)